What are we thankful for when it comes to church? There's a lot of things that the church means to us. And, and first and foremost, it's what God does in our lives. You know, we go through the struggles, the hardships, uh, the ups and the downs of life, just knowing that God is there, but not just God, His people, the church, and that together we have the opportunity to lift each other up because it's so important that we're there for one another as we go through struggles. James is going to close out his letter to the church here in chapter 5 and beginning there in verse 13 through 20. And, and he wants us to know that, that there, is, there is going to be difficulties in life. That's just life. Life is hard, but God is good. And we've got to recognize the goodness of God because it's displayed through his people here in this world. How we interact with one another, how we love one another, how we treat one another, how we bear the burdens of one another. James begins here in verse 13. He wants to talk to us a little bit about suffering. And, and we all know what suffering is. I think everybody has had that moment in life when they have suffered. It's, it's not always going to be easy, but, but yet at times there are just those moments that seem like an eternity because they don't seem to go away. But we know that all things will pass. And in time, God demonstrates his goodness for us. Listen to what James says as he writes here in verse 13 of the fifth chapter when he talks about suffering. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. You know, life is a struggle at times. I mean, I've had those times when, when you just worry what, what you're going to do. I've had surgeries, and you wonder if I'm ever going to you know, recover from this fully. Uh, you've had financial burdens, and you wonder where the next dollar's going to come from. You open up your refrigerator, and you look, boy, that's really clean in there. There's not much in there. We've had those moments. Maybe it's when a loved one passes or life changes abruptly and we just don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. But the Word of God is filled with all kinds of things. Listen to what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when the glory is revealed. So why are we surprised? Why are we surprised when, we, when all of a sudden we wake up and the storm through the night has just torn down the trees in our backyard? And now there's a hole in the roof. Why are we surprised when all of a sudden we, we get an illness that we've never experienced before and, and, and it possibly is going to be a lifelong illness? But we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised when the world around us is, is growing up and choking us out. Jesus went through the struggles that we go through. He had family members that lost their lives, that, that maybe they developed cancers and they struggled with it. He, he went through all the, the, the issues that we face in life. And yet he was also confronted by people trying to take his life. And yet he still went to the cross. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes these words. 
He says in chapter 12, verse 26, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You see, that's what's important about this church. When one person in this congregation is suffering, as a church, we feel their burden. And so it is part of, you're not alone in this. And so we lift each other up in prayer. We try to to help take care of one another. That is what a church is all about. And if one member suffers, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth who was living in a very ungodly city. And they struggled. And some of them may have lost their jobs, may have lost their place where they could live. Maybe they had family members walk away from them because they chose to be faithful to Christ. But when people suffer, that is what the church is so unique in, is that we begin to bear one another's burdens. Paul writes again to that church in Corinth in his second letter, beginning in chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comforts, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we're afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comforts. Through this year, we've had families that have gone through struggles, but they're not alone. Kristen Weidman would like to be able to come and share with you just a little bit about what God is doing in their lives. very rare disease in October. He was only 20 months old. Walking through that with my friend was very heartbreaking. The day before Kendrick passed away, my uncle in West Plains passed away from a brain aneurysm. Also this fall, Josh, my husband, gave us a bit of a scare on September 8th. Um, He had a seizure. He had never had one before, and honestly, at the time, I didn't know what it was, so I called 911, and they took him to the hospital. While he was in the hospital, he had a second seizure. Um, They ran several tests, and everything came back normal. I was a bit nervous going home that it may happen again, but I was very thankful that he was able to come home with me. A week ago, Friday morning, he had another seizure and another one this past Friday. Still undetermined at the moment of the cause. So what am I thankful for this year, you ask? I'm thankful for my family. 
that I've been able to spend some quality time with. I'm thankful for the friends and family that have surrounded us through these difficult times, praying for us, running our kids around everywhere. I'm thankful for our church family that has prayed for us, who's brought us meals and done so much more in supporting us through this. I'm thankful for to everyone that if I asked for help, they were there. Thankful for our community that comes together to help out a mother that had to bury her child. Last but certainly not least, and I know I'm leaving out a lot, but I'm thankful to have God right here by my side, never leaving, no matter the questions I have or the doubting. Without him, I would be a mess. Well, worse than I am now. Just very thankful. He is guiding us through all of this. Yes, this year has been a mess, but when you step back and look at the big picture, you can see the work God is doing in and through all of us. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. But James doesn't stop there. We all suffer. But like the Weidmans have discovered, they're not alone. They're not alone because there is a body of Christ of which they're a part of. And when one member of that body suffers, the rest of the body recognizes it and tries to compensate in ways to lift them up and to, to help heal and to mend and to take maybe some of the burden or the weight off. And this church has done that. But James doesn't stop at just the suffering that we face. He moved into that second little part of that verse 13 when he makes the statement. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. But then he says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. See, life doesn't always have to be a struggle. There are those moments when joy just erupts because of the things that are happening in and around us, and it gives us opportunity to, to express that. One of the things that we do in our expression of the, the cheerfulness or the joy that we have in life is, is we sing songs. We just sing, how great thou art, you know? No, we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. We just sing Blessed Be Their Name. They were singing that one earlier this morning in practice. Wait, you're, yeah, you've got it coming. So... so we, we do that. We, 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 we just kind of bubble over, and one of the ways we express ourselves is in our singing. And music is a very important part of who we are. He goes on, and the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. I like that. You know, you, you think about it. You come to Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is one of those, those meals that seems like it's a feast that never ends. You, you've got more food than you can eat, usually set upon the table, and we sit down and we think, oh my, we're going to be eating turkey for the next month. But this cheerfulness is this continual feast that never ends. It's, it's always there. In Psalm seven seventeen, David writes, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. 
And he writes again in Psalm 95, verse 2, Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving, and let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. We have a ministry uh, on Tuesday nights that kind of flows into Wednesday evening as well uh, with our 212 program. But on, on Tuesday evenings, a group of kids come together, and they rehearse, and they study, and they learn music, and they learn songs, and then they lead out on Wednesday evening with their peers. And I think it's a beautiful way for our, our, our young people to express themselves and to lead. And so we've developed this ministry called I Am Music that this church has been doing. And it's amazing how God blesses individuals and gives them an opportunity just to, to adore Him and to give Him thanks. We've got one young lady that's going to come in just a minute here and share with you what this is doing for her and how the church has just been a great part of giving her this opportunity to use the gifts that God has given her. Ella, you want to come? I am thankful for the I Am Music Worship Band here in me. I get to come and worship with these lovely and kind people every Tuesday and Wednesday. I always love learning new things and worshiping with them. I'm so thankful that God lets me come on Tuesday and Wednesdays to worship Him and get away from all the craziness around me. I'm so thankful for them. Thank you. It is never too soon to start. Finding out where God has gifted you and then being able to use those gifts in a way that works within the body of Christ. And, and as Ella has is, is spoken, it, it, there's, there is this wonderful opportunity to be a part of something like that. And she's able to use her gifts and her talents. Our bass player this morning is over here, and Alex is he's over there now, but he was over here earlier. And, and he's a part of that as well. And being able to not just work within the youth program, but the goal is to get them to be filtered into the body of the whole church. And uh, we ought to be thankful that we've got young men and women who are willing to serve not only their God and their Savior, but the church as a whole. What a beautiful thing it is that God has done for us. Life isn't always suffering. There are those moments of joy and the cheerfulness that just builds up in us and having that opportunity to express ourselves that way is great. But we know cheerfulness doesn't always last long at times because there are things that are outside our control. And so we are here today and, and we're wearing masks. This isn't Halloween. That was last month. But we know that there is a very present and real danger within our world today. And it's a virus that, that knows no boundaries. It, it has no respect of the young or the old or those in between. And so sometimes we have people that, that become sick and they become ill and, and, and things change within their life. As a result of that, their ability to be a part of the body seems to be diminished at times, especially if they're quarantined or if they're in a hospital or in a convalescent home. You see, sickness does come. And so James tells us here in chapter 5, beginning in verse 14 and in 15, he says, 
Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Sickness seems to be inevitable. It's, it's always just lurking around the corner, yet the Lord is there to go with us as we experience whatever befalls us in our illness. He doesn't forsake us in this. And so he challenges us to be this church that when we have problems in our health, that we turn to the body of Christ, to one another, and we seek out the prayers of those within the church. We've got a great prayer ministry in this church. And daily and weekly, people are sending in prayers and we're sending it out to others to pray about. And, and they're sharing those things with people that they know about. And, and sometimes it is wonderful to hear the responses when there has been a healing that has taken place. Maybe it's not a complete healing, but it's a healing that enables us to get back to life and to live. And for that, we ought to be very, very grateful. And God heals us, and He restores us, and He blesses us. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him, and the Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies, and the Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Sometimes it's beyond what we can do through our own uh, medical skills and technology and abilities and understandings. There are sometimes there, there's nothing that we in our world can do. We just sit back and go, it's outside my hands. But then the prayers that come and the healing of God is beautiful. One moment you're healthy, the next you're waking up in a hospital. Life can change, and yet God is good. And we can give him our thanks and our praise because of that. But finally, James moves into the last portion of this. I'm going to tie it all together, verses 16 through 20. And in these verses, he wants us to understand that, that we need to be able to, to share the struggles with one another. And we need to pray for each other continually, ongoing. And that consistent prayer and those fervent prayers he hears. So listen to what he tells us here in James 5, 16 through 20. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Sometimes our sickness isn't just physical. 
Sometimes it's, it's a spiritual sickness that we have because we've allowed sin to take control of our lives and we allow it to, to invade that which had God established as perfect and we've marred it and we've made it something that is, that is ugly. But he says, you know, if we confess our sins to one another and then we pray for one another and, and he gives this wonderful example of a man who, who decides to pray because God says, I want you to pray that there's not going to be any rain. Why? Because there is a king who is wicked, and in his sinfulness, he is taking the rest of his nation down the tombs with him. And so Elijah prayed, and for three and a half years, it didn't rain. But then God tells him later on, now change that prayer and pray for rain. And when he did, his servant looked out from Mount Carmel and he looked out over to the west and he saw rising up from the Mediterranean Sea a little cloud that looked like a hand and it began to grow and it began to come and all of a sudden it began to rain. God hears our prayers. But his concern is that we turn from him in the sickness of sin. and We acknowledge it. We confess it. And we pray for one another in this. And he makes the statement, if anyone is able to bring back somebody who has wandered and is lost, it's like the sheep that Jesus speaks about. He's got 99 that are safe and secure, but one has wandered off. And he goes and he finds it. And then once he finds it, there is this celebration that takes place. Timothy Doskasil was going to be here this morning, but he's not able to be. But Timothy has a testimony. One of these days I'm going to get him to share it. But let me summarize it for you real quickly. I don't want to give it all out. Timothy was not raised and did not grow up believing in God and believing in church and a relationship with that. But he had a great-grandmother who prayed for him every day. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the struggles that we face, Timothy began to open up the Word of God, began to study with a friend, and saw his need to confess his sins and to give his life to Christ. And so he was baptized right here in this church. Not often will you find somebody that says, I, I, I want to come to church. I've been reading and I'm studying and, I, and I, I know that what you all are teaching there is something that, we, that I need to have. And so he said, I'm, I need to come and, and I need to get baptized. Usually you don't have somebody walking up out of the street saying, I, I need to be a part of your church and I need to be baptized. But he was confessing that he needed Christ. Now his goal is to win the rest of his family. What a celebration it can be. And so for a great-grandmother who prayed fervently that he would find Christ, her prayers have been answered. Luke tells us this, or Jesus actually tells a parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 5. And he told them this parable, it says, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Listen to what he says. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, 
Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And Jesus says we need to be that involved in our prayers because God is going to listen and he's going to hear. But he wants to know how sincere are you or is this just some flippant prayer that's coming up out of the foxhole in the warfare that you're involved in? How real is it? that you recognize that he's going to answer. This church has gone through a lot in its 90 years. It's had its ups, it's had its downs. It's had its moments where celebration takes place. It's had its moments when it feels like it might be sick. But all the while, this church continues to give God thanks. I'm going to wrap things up. And Gene and Kathy, if you want to come up. It's important for us to know how we impact people's lives makes a big difference. Uh, I want to... It's unbearable, I guess, for me to be sincere because you know I go so caught. But I'm so grateful. One thing I'm grateful for is my daughter. Because we live together. She she does cooking. She does my home my laundry. She even laughs at my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I'm so proud of this church. I've been a member of this church for 40 Seven years, I guess, yeah. And I've been blessed so many different times. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a, been diagnosed with a low, low level of leukemia. Doctor says we can't cure it, but we can maintain it. So I, I go in for lots of treatments. Uh, I go in five days a week in a row for shots once a month. And I've always had People who are so willing to give me transportation. Kathy works at night and she needs to sleep in the daytime. So I need transportation and I quit driving for the benefit of the rest of the world. <laughs> I, uh, I sideswiped the guardrail when I went to sleep. The guardrail's on the other side of the road. And then I. Well, I was driving to Washington and I got so close to another car and we knocked each other's side of the mirror off. And I got thinking, maybe I should quit driving. <laughs> so I did. So I had to depend on other people for transportation and I had never once, never once wanted to need help because there was always people there available. Uh, I got people to take me to church and back on Sundays. And, uh, I'm just so grateful for you people. You're the you're what what uh, makes makes life worthwhile. Whenever I get down, I will always have always have help. Uh, our our swimming pool was died, so we needed to fill it up and get it. And much mentioned the church came and covered that thing up, filled it up, and told me in one day. Just, just unbelievable things that people do to come and help. 
and I and it's my time to say, and if they do anything, let me know. But they mean it. You can tell that they really, really mean it. Uh, I just, uh, well, I've probably said enough already. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you, for all of the, the love that you showed and, uh, over the years. Some of you just a short time. I would mention names, but I, uh, I'd be here all day and I'd forget some, some of them. But it's, uh, I just want to say thank you. And thanks to thank the Lord that I was got eventually moved, we moved 11 times. And uh, a number of different jobs. And we wound up in Union somehow. I didn't have no idea it was going to be here. But I'm thankful for the Lord that He led us here. And we got to be here with you people. So just thank you and God bless you all. There is a lot to be thankful for. Even when we face the struggles that may come daily, we still have the ability to stop and give thanks and give praise to God for who He is and what He does and how He has uniquely designed the church to take care of one another. We are blessed. So we kind of close down if the worship team wants to come back up. I know that God wants more for us than we understand ourselves. But if we hang with Him long enough, we'll discover it. It's not about how great this church is. It's about how great our God is and what He does in and through us if we're willing to be the vessel within his hands that he uses, it makes a total difference. Y'all will stand. <laughs>